on FM, on AM, online, on demand, and on video. We are where you are. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe is here now. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about. Well, the names have all changed since you hung around. But those dreams have remained and they've turned around. Who'd have thought they'd lead ya? Who'd have thought they'd lead ya? Welcome back to hour number two of the Watchdog Morning Show on a Monday. It's 8, 10, 10 minutes after the hour. Glad you're along for the conversational ride. Twix now and 10 o'clock. Join us on the phone line at 304-232-8255 with a free O-Stack auction service text line 304-214-1600. Uh, very busy first hour with the text line. You're welcome to busy it up again if the mood would strike you. We've been talking about a number of different things. You can pick up on where we have been. You can pick up on where we're going, or you can pick up on something we're not even getting ready to talk about, but it may be on your mind. Just text me and tell me what it is. 59 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 58 at the Highlands, 60 in Elm Grove, and 60 degrees here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Look for a little drizzle and fog this morning. Uh, it'll wrap up uh, about the time we're done on the air, somewhere around there. Otherwise, mostly cloudy. Today's high around 68 to 70 or so. Tomorrow, pretty much the same thing. We're going to see sh- uh, slightly cloudy days all day. Chance of showers all week. And uh, high 60s will be what we're looking at uh, all week long here in the upper Ohio Valley as we engage today in our very first full day of fall. It's our fall season. It's our brand new fall season. Bob, you are a deer hunter. Well, probably used to be, but okay, yes. Yeah, well, it's like an alcoholic. You're just, you just you never you never stop being one. You just have that label forever. Yes, you just will have it forever. Uh, Ogilvy Park. There's not a great secret. Nancy and I drive through Ogilvy Park with Teddy four or five times a week, and the deer are all over the park. They are just in big groups, hanging out. And stare at the car, come over to the car, kind of look at you like, hello there, uh, you got anything for me? Uh, they're all over Ogilvy Park, and the folks at the Ogilvy, the Wheeling Park Commission, uh, along with the uh, DNR, have decided that the deer population is too big at the park. I believe I saw a statistic that said it is five times what they consider to be the average, I don't know if it's per square foot or whatever, but there's a lot of deer at the park. And so they want to engage in a deer cull, cull, C-U-L-L, which I assume, help me with this, means a deer kill. Yeah, it sounds like you're going to shoot them hard. That's what it sounds like to me. Um, and so there, it's going to be, I, I don't know what the dates or times are, but it's going to be a very specified date or time. Uh, Willing Park Commission says a limited number of applicants will be selected through a lottery system to participate in the three-day hunt. Uh, those selected will be given a zone each day. The hunters will be allowed to use bows from a tree stand. It'll be bow hunt only. Um, affected areas will be closed to the public during the hunt. The hunters will not be allowed to stalk deer on the ground or track them within 300 feet of personal property. And um, not everybody's happy with that. A lot of folks think that they're, you know, poor little deer, poor innocent deer. Why would you want to shoot them, kill them, call them out? Um one local law firm has filed a Freedom of Information Act to find out exactly what the 
thought behind this is uh, not necessarily a, a cease and desist order or something, but a Freedom of Information Act to try and get information uh, about exactly why the the park is doing it. You're you're the uh, resident deer hunt expert. What do you think, pal? Yeah, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Uh, you got to manage the herd. Uh, I still uh, enjoy going up uh, this time of year after a good frost. I like to go up and watch the deer in Ogilvy. Yeah. Uh, a lot of nice bucks up there, a lot of bucks. But there's also a lot of disease. I've, I've seen uh, a, a couple deer up there uh, covered with uh, tumors. Uh, I've never it, really it seen that like before. Sometimes they look so emaciated and. Yeah. yeah. It, so, I mean, so they're probably getting a lot of inbreeding. You have to manage your herd, and there's only really one way to do that. Some of them have to go, and you're not going to ask them to go. You, they're going to have to go, and uh, that, that's the only way. So I was wrong. There will be no firearms. This, this will be Bow archery only, only right. and they'll be up in a tree. So it's not like you'll be see them, like they said, stalking a deer out on the golf course or anything like that. No, there will be designated areas. But I think it's a great idea, Howard. Now, I don't know. They'd have to take a really good look at the meat. Before I would uh, get in what line do to, with, yeah. to take it home, yeah, I would take a really, really close look at that. But yeah, it, 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 and there you think are, it's necessary. Well, and, and there are communities uh, you hear about Mount Lebanon, Bethel Park. They deal with it, and there's always uh, some of the folks that come out on side of the deer saying you can't do that; you're slaughtering them. But there's only one way to do it. You have you have to you have to thin it out. Doesn't the city of Wheeling have a bow hunt, a short bow hunt season? Every I know year? they did. Remember up up in Bethlehem, they, they had a they had a problem up there. You don't see those deer up on the side of the hill anymore because they got rid of them. I um, it's very obvious, very obvious that there are a lot of of deer, more deer now than there have been before, at the um, at the uh, in the park. And again, when we take a ride up through there, up through Ogilvy Park, and we do it four or five times a week, Nancy and I and grandson Teddy, we ride through. And I always uh, roll the window down, and I talk to the deer, and Teddy gets so mad at me, Bob. So I'll roll the window, and I'll say, Hi, deer, it's Granddad. And he will say, they don't know who you are, Granddad. I say, yes, the deer. <laughs> that who- does it. And, and that's something else, you know, that to me, it's only been the last three or four years where the deer will actually come up to the vehicle and you can hand them a piece of fruit or, or, or something like that. Uh, and I know that there's a sign that says, do not feed the deer. But that happens everywhere. I mean, people hate to get a shotgun and get rid of the geese. Yeah. But you got to let them know that they can't be here anymore. And, and they, they understand that, Howard. You know, you get shooting at them, they, they understand that. Well, I, again, I, I don't know enough about it. I know that I, clearly... The deer population is larger than it used to be up at Ogilvy. I, again, we go through it enough that I can you can obviously see it. And you notice it. They, they just don't look like the healthiest and, deer. And I won't say all the time, but there there are times when I will say, man, these look these they, they look emaciated. They look they got fleas on them. They got flies on them. They look uh, look bad. So I I can't offer. I don't know enough to offer an opinion. I I'm you know I'm a softy, so I hate the idea of killing animals. But I I do understand that. Maybe they need to do it. Um, now, so. there is a drawback when you use archery as your only uh, means of getting rid of them. Uh, sometimes the deer will go for a while, even though it's the, the shot was a fatal yeah, shot, a good shot. Yeah. Now they're down there by a camp. Uh, it's not a fatal camp shot. Oak, oak tree, you know, yeah. <laughs> dying right there in front of the nice family from New York City. Yeah, huh? that's you don't want that. Anyway, um, I, I don't think there will be I don't think this will stop. But a one wheeling law firm has requested at least more information about the the deer hunt and the argument is um what do they say here hunting wild animals is part of what makes us wild and wonderful 
but Ogilvy deer are not wild. Locals and tourists hand feed the Ogilvy deer every day, and those deer develop a trust with the humans that feed them, uh, which all of which is true, but the, the population is very, very large. I mean, it's just, it just isn't. You can't argue that. I can, I can see it on a daily basis. And another sign from somebody who's been doing that for decades. You know, I've been spending, I spent a lot of time up there. The bucks now, usually the bucks would always stay skittish. Now they'll come up. You know, it's just they, they have become pets, and uh, there's, there's just too many of them. And it seems to me that there are more bucks than I used to see up there. Sure. They're, they're figuring out that they don't want to go over the ridge, Howard. Things are pretty good right there. All right, coming up next, it's time for the uh, Wheeling Symphony season to get underway. Man, this is a phenomenal season. Last time I talked to John Devlin, I mentioned I, every single concert is one I think that my family and I want to go see. We need to get season tickets. We haven't done that yet, but the first concert is coming up this week. We'll talk to John Devlin about that next. On the Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be one of the first people in my family to go to college. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I could still hold while I served part-time. That job, along with the benefits I got through the West Virginia Army National Guard, helped me buy my first home. I also know that I'll be one of the first to respond if the Ohio Valley ever needs me during a natural disaster. I'm Sergeant Andrea Gump, and if you'd like to join my team, visit www.nationalguard.com WV for more information. Or check out our Instagram or Facebook at WeGuard West Virginia. How much could a cyber attack cost your business? The costs stemming from a cyber attack can vary tremendously, but are extremely significant. Recent studies have shown that the average cost of a data breach to small business can range from $120,000 to $1.2 million. In addition to financial loss, companies also suffer downtime, lost opportunities, and data recovery expenses that can all quickly add up. Could your organization survive a cyber incident? If you are unsure if you are doing enough to protect your data, reputation, and dollars from cyber criminals, contact the team at Omni Strategic Technologies today. Omni has the right tools and support to help keep your business protected. Call 304-242-7600 and schedule your free consultation today or visit omniperforms.com. Omni Strategic Technologies, the only cybersecurity and advisory firm that the watchdog trusts. All right, man. This is it. I know you've been training hard all summer. Now it's time to cash in on all that work. This is the beginning of an important journey for all of us. Join the Pine Room Podcast Boys as they take it on the road. Join them every Friday at Gumby's from 12 to 3 p.m. Sponsored by Gumby's and Jill's Gentleman's Club. Now let's keep this momentum going and make this season the one to remember. Followed by Matt Jones' pre-owned auto Friday afternoon walkthrough. From 3 to 5 p.m. The Watchdog. Your home for high school sports. FM 98.1, 97.7, AM 1600, 1370. Citywide, citywide. Hey, football fans, put Citywide on your team. Call Citywide today for great rates and coverages on auto, home, life, business, and Medicare insurance plans. Don't forget about open enrollment this year from October 15th through December 7th. Whether buying or selling your home, Citywide is your local realtor. Our new Citywide Mounds locations now open at 700 Lafayette Avenue. Call Citywide today at 304-845-8002. Let's win together Citywide and Monarch Football. Great conversation continues now on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. 
820 in the morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show on a Monday morning. And I do like Mondays. We've had a good Monday going so far this sure morning. Sure don't sound like it, Howard. Yeah, I'm in a good mood. I'm in a good mood this morning. I, I grumped a little bit. I grumped a bit. I will be grumping again a little bit. i got some other grumps to get to. But right now I'm kind of excited to talk to John Devlin, music conductor for the Wheeling Symphony. When last we met, when last we met, uh, John, John and I talked about the preview of the whole season and I said at that time, John, I'm just, I am so impressed with the entire season. There is something for everybody. You have really put together a phenomenal season this year. Thank you so much, Howard. It's so kind of you to say that. And I know that um, so often when I go to the Capitol on concert night, you are there, and sometimes with your family. Um, we appreciate your support of the symphony. And I agree that this season um, is one that's very exciting, and we can't wait to kick it off uh, this week at the Capitol Theater. You have a, uh, what do we call her, a Broadway icon, not to mention Tony Award winner, and even a TV star, Sutton Foster, is going to be performing with the symphony. That's right. So um, Sutton Foster is best known as a Broadway star. But as you mentioned, she also has a number of TV credits to her name. And she's going to be a very recognizable face for everyone that comes to the concert on Friday. So she's a two-time, as you mentioned, Tony Award winner for Best Actress in a Musical. And she's going to be singing um, Broadway standards, uh, pieces of music that were influential to her as a younger artist. And she's going to be singing some things that are just songs that really meant something to her personally as she tells the story of her life, especially through the eyes of being a mother. Uh, she loves her daughter. Her daughter travels with her very often. And uh, she loves telling the story of what that feels like to be part of a family through music. You know, uh, last night, or earlier, not like last night, but Saturday night, I was at the Capitol for the 1964 Beatles tribute. And that, sure. group, that group at least encouraged us to sing along, you know, and I did. I mean, because, let's face it, that was my era. But I am also a gigantic Broadway guy. And um, <laughs> my grandson will tell me frequently, Granddaddy, stop singing those songs because I just break out into song all the time. I don't know if Sutton Foster will be quite as willing to hear me singing in the audience as maybe the Beatles were because when I hear a Broadway <laughs> song, I just have to break out into song, John. Well, you know what? I was in, at the Capitol on Thursday night for the comedian Nate Bergazzi. So you said there was a Beatles cover, then there's a comedian. The comedian, you need to be silent, right? Because you don't want to ruin any of the jokes. And then for the Beatles, you sing along. I think Sutton Foster will be somewhere in the middle where we'll ask you to reduce your decibels so the people next to you can enjoy the concert. But we want you to be as involved emotionally in the action as possible. Uh, tell me what the concert is going to look like. Sure. So um, because this is the season opener, um, we actually have a couple of interesting added aspects to the show in addition to what you would expect when you have someone like Sutton Foster there. So we didn't want it just to be two hours of something that feels the same the whole time. So we're going to open each of the two halves with an orchestra-only number. And these are two things that really speak to my history with Broadway. The first is my oldest uh, favorite Broadway musical, Guys and Dolls. So the, the concert's going to open up with a big medley that welcomes us back to Broadway in a music musical about New York City that highlights the honky-tonk nightclub aspect of Broadway, and it's uh, it's a perfect way to get the evening started. And then right after intermission, we're going to zoom to present-day Broadway and do a medley of music from the musical Hamilton. 
And that's, of course, the, the musical that was made famous by Lin-Manuel Miranda and his incredible innovation in terms of what can appear on a Broadway stage. And not only is it innovative just in terms of the music, but we're bringing back Turn It Out Dance the incredible pre-professional dance program for young men and women right here in the Ohio Valley who want to go on to be a star on Broadway or in other fields like Sutton Foster and for the young people to be able to work on a concert with Sutton and to meet her. For, for many of them, this is their idol. Uh, we're very proud to be able to do that as a connector of young people and established talent here at the Wheeling Symphony. Sounds like it's going to be a great, uh, a great evening of music at the, at the Capitol Theater. Um, and you will have uh, pre-events to that as well, right? That's right, Howard. So at 6 p.m., there is going to be a party up in the ballroom of the Capitol Theater. And if folks want to add that as part of their experience to say, hey, we're glad the symphony's back, reconnect with friends old and new before the concert begins, those tickets are available still by calling the office at, uh, at the Wheeling Symphony um, at the Wheeling Symphony's office down at the Mall Center next to the Capitol Theater. We'll share all that information, you know, a little later on in the um, interview here, how to get tickets and all that type of stuff, but we're excited to have that. And then, you know, you also asked Howard in your previous question about what the rest of the night can look like, and I'm going to give a little bit more insight into how what people could expect on the concert stage. So after we play those orchestral-only numbers, Sutton will join us. And what's wonderful about what Sutton's going to do is that she's bringing with her music director, Michael Rafter, who himself is a famous Broadway conductor and pianist. So some of the numbers that she sings will actually just be her and the piano or her and the band. And then most of the numbers will be full orchestra numbers with the band and with Sutton. And you're going to hear music from The Music Man, which she just um, performed with Hugh Jackman on Broadway. Um, the two musicals for which she won the Tony, Anything Goes, and Thoroughly Modern Millie, and then some really classic Broadway like South Pacific or Anyone Can Whistle and even Singing in the Rain. So there's a big variety of for everyone, both, like you said, pre-concert at the 6 p.m. event all the way to the end of the night for this concert that'll last just about two hours and starts at 7.30. You said traditional Broadway in the second part there, but actually Music Man, although it's, there's a newer version on Broadway with uh, Hugh Jackman, that's a that's a long-standing traditional Broadway musical. Yes, and you know that my family um, made sure to share with me their love of all things like theater and stage. Um, I grew up listening to and watching the movies of the the Music Man, like I said, Guys and Dolls, the famous version that starred Frank Sinatra. Uh, uh, thir like thoroughly modern, like like we've been saying, um, South Pacific. Um, sound of music like these things form a dna for what great american music with theater can be and then to see all of that progress the things that came into the repertoire much later on like hamilton it's going to be a beautiful um arc within the concert to see how sutton takes us through that journey it sounds like a lot of fun hamilton i, I i've seen the um TV presentation of the Broadway play. I wish I could get to see mm. it one of these days in person, but I've seen the TV presentation. And it is, sure. a, it is a phenomenal piece of work. I agree. You know, um, one of the things that we try to embody at the Wheeling Symphony, as you know, is presenting great American music while taking risks in how we do that presentation. So last year's opening night, which is a little bit poetic because it was just a year ago this week, um, felt that way, right? We had American music, Yo-Yo Ma playing yeah. John Williams, along with a beatbox 
concerto, which is that risk-taking aspect. And I think that that's why I look at someone like Lin-Manuel Miranda, who created Hamilton, and I feel very akin to his artistic sensibility because no one had ever heard rap, beatbox, hip-hop on the Broadway stage, and he did that to such wonderful acclaim, similar to what we did last year um, here at the Capitol. So um, that's the type of thing that I, I believe in fully, and I think it's going to be beautiful to see come to life on the stage here, not only this week, Howard, but in February, as we discussed when I was on the radio with you last month, um, we have the star of Hamilton, um, who Renee Elise Goldsberry, who debuted the lead female role in that musical, coming to us in February as well. Uh, we're really excited about that aspect of the season, too, as you can imagine. And again, that's what I said. There is so much in this season. Uh, Sutton Foster, the star of Hamilton. Uh, you've got Harry Potter coming. Uh, you've got the, um, I'm not sure what to call it. Help me with this. You've got the violin uh, where you're using the violins from the Holocaust. I think that's, I mean, you just, you just, it's, a, it's a phenomenal season, just a great mixture of things. And as I said, I know it, I know it's good when my kids, because my kids, are, my, you know, they're, I mean, they were in the band. They like music. But when my kids say, Dad, can we all go to this? And I say, yeah, we, we yes, we can. <laughs> we can. We can all go see these things. So uh, we're looking forward to it. You have met Sutton Foster before, correct? That's right. Um, back in 2019, I actually conducted my first concert as music director of the Wheeling Symphony here at the Capitol and then drove to Princeton, New Jersey, where I used to be on the conducting staff and conducted a show similar to this one with Sutton Foster. That was my first time working with her and her kindness, her authenticity and her incredible ability, both as a uh, as a singer and as an actress, um, impressed me thoroughly. And so when it came time to follow up Yo-Yo Ma coming to Wheeling as an opening night act, I thought, let's do something different. Of course, you know, Yo-Yo Ma is thought of as kind of the, the premier classical artist. Let's go to find the premier Broadway artist. And over the years at the Wheeling Symphony, I've seen our audience respond to Broadway artists with great enthusiasm. We've had Sierra Boggess, who was um, one of the most famous women on Broadway who, who sang the role of Christine in Phantom of the Opera and Ariel mm -hmm. in The Little Mermaid. We brought Morgan James and Ryan Sean, Capathea Jenkins. And seeing the enthusiasm that our audience has for those types of artists, I said, well, let's go all the way to the top. And we brought Sutton here. Give me a, a, just a quick, uh, again, we did it last time you were here, but give me a quick sure. preview of what's coming up after this. Sutton Foster is Friday, Friday night, am I right? It's Friday night, correct? Friday night, which is the 29th, yes. Okay. Six, six o'clock, if you want to come to that pre-party, 7.30, the concert. And we'll come back to tickets and stuff in a minute. But, all right, then what's next? Tell, tell me, give me a quick preview of where we go after this and what kinds of things the rest of the season will bring to us. And you've done sure. some of that already, well, but let's talk about more of it. Yeah, no problem. And um, one thing that I would say, you know, it meant a lot to me when you mentioned that your family is coming to you and saying, we want to be at the Wheeling Symphony, because you can imagine it's a difficult job that an artistic leader like myself has when I'm brand new in a community and I don't know the people or the artistic interests of the community yet or where we can push or where we can pull in terms of the types of things we want to present on the stage. But, you know, this is my fifth year, Howard. We've gotten to know each other a lot over the years in terms of these conversations. And that's why I think we're able to see a season that's so relatable to our community and also invest 
exists within the community. And that's why I'm so excited for our next concert that you already mentioned, which is called Violins of Hope, coming up next month on October 19th, where violins, as you mentioned, that were rescued from concentration camps during the Holocaust. They have been preserved by this organization that invests lots of time and energy and money in making sure that these instruments are playable once again. They're coming to Wheeling. Our violin section will be performing on them. And then we're going to perform a piece of music that's never been heard before, that was rescued from a concentration camp. Um, it was written by a man named Walter Bricht, who fled Nazi Germany and moved to West Virginia. And so that is the type of work that we can do. You know, Broadway stars, Sutton Foster, that hits one aspect of what we want to do. We want to entertain, delight, and thrill people. But we also want to feel like we're part of the cultural fabric of our city, of our state, and also, in this case, internationally. And I think that these two concerts that are coming up in September and October for the Wheeling Symphony are a good example of how we do such wide work that is both sides of which is very important here at the WSO. You know, it will be interesting to me to hear how some of the, your violinists feel about holding those violins and playing those violins with such a history behind them. Each of the violins not only has been preserved from a physical aspect, but its story has been preserved from a narrative aspect. Every violin comes attached to it with a document of authenticity and a story of who owned the violin, who cared for it, what concentration camps did it live in, if it's known, did they perform significant concerts? Because the Nazi officers would allow the Jewish prisoners to play music um, because they didn't perceive it as a threat. In fact, it was a way for the prisoners to be um, in one place doing one thing that they could easily observe instead of worrying about if they were plotting an escape. And so this is something that has been documented over the years, and our players are going to be able to not only pick which instrument feels best in their hands, but they'll be able to read those stories of the, the, the journey of the violins. And to me, that combination of emotional and physical connection to the instruments is going to produce something very beautiful on stage uh, when we perform this concert in just about a month. Like I said, I, I, I would imagine that the, the, the violinists themselves holding those uh, violins in their hands and playing them will have to feel some kind of a, a connection perhaps they've never felt before. Yes, because, you know, one of the things that is, I think, a threat to classical music is the feeling of sameness from concert to concert. And at big orchestras where they perform three concerts every weekend, 12 concerts every month, and you can go on to there to about 150 concerts a year, um, there needs to be a, a, a replicable formula for each of those concerts. Because at the Wheeling Symphony, we perform a concert a month. We can think deeply over years to plan each of these events and make them special for our community. And that's the thing that I love to bring to life here. You can see there's an intentionality to how we design our season, to how we fulfill our mission to each of the various constituencies that we serve here in the city. And as we go and we learn more about our city and our audience, we hope that we can do that better and better each year. Real quick, I want to touch on a couple other ones real fast, uh, uh, sure. John. John. Um, First of all, for everybody who looks for something to do at the holiday season, Symphony on Ice is coming back in uh, late November, right. I believe. So people want to do that. You're going to do another music, another um, uh, movie connection with uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Last year, I think last year was Jurassic Park. You've done that before. That's right. So Harry Potter, that's that's going to be phenomenal. And then 
All right, I got to tell you, I might as well just get my tickets now for April 26th. And now here is where somebody's going to have to keep me quiet. Sinatra and beyond. I'm sorry. I'm, I will probably be singing Sinatra. I may wear a fedora, too. I'm not sure about that. But I will probably be singing Sinatra songs during that, uh, during that event. So that's one of the concerts that is meant for that type of involvement. So um, on April 26th, we have one of the, the country's best Frank Sinatra impersonators coming. He's got a beautiful voice, a beautiful ability on the piano. His name is Tony Desaire. That is going to be a true highlight. And, and Howard, one other thing that you mentioned on January 20th, um, if you don't have your tickets yet, um, buy them now for Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone because that event is going to sell out. Um, the movie aspect of what we're able to present at the Wheeling Symphony is incredibly popular. You you know about the Jurassic Park event last year. And with Harry Potter, it's even more popular. So um, that's an event that's going to be truly special for the whole family. It will make a great holiday gift for anybody that is a Harry Potter fan within, within your family. Um, those tickets are already selling fast, so we encourage people to buy them now. And one other thing, we talked about adapting to our community. We've put this concert on a Saturday at 1 p.m. Oh. so that every child who um, you know might be a little bit sleepy at 7.30, which is our normal <laughs> concert time, can come and be wide awake. And it's a great way for basically the Wheeling Symphony gives you concert and babysitting all at once. <laughs> that, that, that's actually very wise. That's, that's, that's a very wise decision. I like that. John, I always appreciate talking to you. Let's come back to Sutton Foster. She's performing on Friday night at the Wheeling Symphony. Tickets available. Pre-concert tickets are available. Uh, people should just call the symphony office, but don't miss out. This looks like a great opening concert, and it's just the opening of a really great season. So I, I know that we will talk uh, much more as the season goes by. And just, you know, tell, tell the people at the Capitol, if there's somebody on some of these shows that's singing too loud in the audience, just tell, <laughs> just tell them to come over and tap me on the shoulder and say, shh, shh, and I'll, I'll, try, to, I'll try to tone it down because... Sometimes I just can't help myself. I'm sorry. We will assign an usher specifically to you, Howard, and I appreciate you mentioning that everyone can, you know, be in touch with the symphony. Our phone number is 232-6191, and the Wheeling Symphony's website is wheelingsymphony.com, not .org, .com. Um, there's somebody at the office during all work hours to help you out if you want to have a conversation with people about coming to the symphony or buying tickets. We can't wait to see you at the Capitol. All right. Well, I will be there, and uh, the family will be there. And, uh, John, have a great concert, and we'll talk to you again in the near future. Thank you, Howard. Thanks a lot. John Devlin is a music conductor at the uh, Wheeling Symphony. It's a great concert season, Bob, but they, it could be a problem. Sinatra and beyond. When they have the Sinatra music, you know... I can't stop myself from singing here on the show, let alone if there's a Sinatra performer doing that. I've, and, and then uh, the music of Broadway. You know me. I love Broadway. Yeah, but it's best not to mess with Sinatra, Howard. He might have one of his boys come down here oh, and you know, well. take you out back. <laughs> I never thought about that. That's a good point. All right, it's 840 uh, till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. I've got a couple of issues I want to get into in the next half hour. Bob Nays coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. Uh, federal shutdown. It seems inevitable. It is looming larger and larger. But these things often are resolved at the absolute very last minute. Will this one be done that way? Former Congressman Bob Nay and I will talk about the federal government shutdown in the next hour of the show. And you are welcome to join me. 
Phone line 304-232-8255. Text line 304-214-1600. The Frio Stack lines are always available for you to use. Right now, it's time to go over to um, Taylor Long in the Ohio Valley News Center. Good Monday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this September the 25th. Traffic was moving at a crawl last night after a tractor-trailer crash on I-70 near Elm Grove. Reports say the semi lost control when traveling east on I-70 and flipped on its side, blocking the lane between the Elm Grove exit and the bottom of Two Mile Hill. The eastbound lanes remained closed all evening. The vehicles were backed up past Bethlehem and toward the I-470 bridge. The semi has since been placed upright and the scene has been cleared. As of right now, there are no word on any injuries from the incident. Stay with 7 News for updates. And a West Virginia man is dead after a stabbing yesterday in a church parking lot during a man-a-meal luncheon. Those fighting were asked to leave the property and the arguing continued in the church parking lot. Police say the fight escalated when 27-year-old Jackie James Cummings tried to stab the other person with a knife. Cummings was allegedly pushed and fell to the ground, landing on the knife. He was pronounced dead at the hospital from a stab wound to the upper left leg. In other news this morning, the toxic train derailment in East Palestine may be out of the headlines, but the situation is still very real for the people who live there. The train was owned by Norfolk Southern, who, despite apparent efforts to try and remedy the tragedy, are getting pushback from Ohio Senator Sherrod Brown. Brown tells us that Norfolk Southern isn't playing fair. He notes their continued opposition to the Railway Safety Act that he and Senator J.D. Vance authored after the derailment. This would increase safety precautions for trains, including having some employees on each train and more people to monitor the condition of the tracks, among other provisions. And Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky visited Washington, D.C. this week to seek additional funding for Ukraine's war efforts against Russia. President Biden is pushing Congress to approve the $24 billion in military aid. If approved, that would bring the total amount the U.S. has sent to Ukraine since the war began to $135 billion. That was a look at your headlines. Have a marvelous Monday. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. Stats and numbers coming away from West Virginia's victory over Texas Tech. Hey, everybody, I'm Tony Caridi, and the Mountaineer Report is coming your way after this from Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. Hello, and welcome to The Kroger Show. At Kroger, everyone wins when it comes to saving big. Because when you order online through the Kroger app, you get the same great prices, deals, and rewards on pickup or delivery that you do in-store with no hidden fees or markups. Best of all, you'll know when items in your cart have a coupon, so you never miss a deal. So whether you're a delivery lover, picker-upper, or you shop in-store, you'll always save big at Kroger. Kroger, fresh for everyone. At Kroger, we know the minute a tomato is picked, the fresh timer starts. The sooner we get our produce to you, the fresher it is. That's why we've completely overhauled our process to shorten the time from harvest to home, giving you more time to enjoy your tasty tomatoes, strawberries, and salads. So whether you're shopping in-store, picking up, or prefer delivery, we're committed to bringing you the freshest produce possible. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Before we start to look ahead to Saturday's game at TCU, what do you say we close the book on last Saturday's win over the Red Raiders of Texas Tech? As you know, much needed as West Virginia completes that three-game homestand with the victory. 
West Virginia, all-time now, is 7-6 and six against Texas Tech, 3-3 three and three in games played in Morgantown. WVU, with that third consecutive win, makes it the first time under Neil Brown that the Mountaineers have won three in a row. West Virginia's ground game continues to get it done. They've rushed for over 100 yards in each of their four games. And when that happens, West Virginia is now 21-5 and under Neil Brown when they rush for 100 or more yards in a game. Defensively, a lot of wows in this performance for the Mountaineers. West Virginia held Texas Tech to 2 out of 18, just 11% on their third down conversion attempts. West Virginia's defense has now allowed just one touchdown in the last nine quarters. That goes back to the fourth quarter against Duquesne. And this past Saturday's game marks the third in a row that West Virginia's defense has held an opponent to 20 points or less. More than that, the Mountaineers have held five of their last seven opponents going back to last season to under 20 points. And that Mountaineer defensive secondary, which was much criticized early in this season, posted a season-high 10 pass breakups led by cornerback Beanie Bishop and safety Marcus Floyd. Coming up, it's the Horned Frogs. We'll start to focus on them in tomorrow's report. And that is today's Mountaineer Report, brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. Need a new suit? Looking for a good book? Searching for a unique gift? The Ohio Valley's premier shopping choice is the Highlands. Find jewelry, hot new tech, arts and crafts, over two dozen stores to visit. From Walmart and Target to Cabela's, Menards, Kohl's, and Old Navy. Plan a day out of shopping, dining, and entertainment at the Highlands. At the top of the hill off I-70. See it all online at hitthehighlands.com. Are you or your loved ones facing a serious legal battle? The Law Office of Paul Harris wants you to know you aren't alone. Do you need someone that's not afraid to go to trial and fight for your rights? Attorney Paul Harris and his team are willing to go where most firms are not. The courtroom. With a successful track record in civil litigation, criminal defense, including tax issues and health care fraud, Harris Law Office will fight for their clients by offering the most aggressive representation in and out of court. Call Paul Harris at Harris Law Office for a free consultation. 304-232-5300. Conversations you care about with people you know. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on WKKX and WVLY. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Morning show. 59, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. Temperature hasn't moved at all this morning. 59 at the airport, 58 at the Highlands, 60 in Elm Grove, and 60 here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling, in the heart of the Ohio Valley. I have not checked outside. Did you poke your head outside at all? I did not. Uh, we, we had drizzle and fog earlier, and the uh, forecast 
says it'll stick around till 11, so I'm guessing a little drizzle and fog still out there. I'll double-check. Otherwise, mostly cloudy, a high today, 68 to 70, somewhere there. And most of the rest of the week, same thing, showers and uh, mostly cloudy throughout the week. Temperatures will stay in the, uh, in the upper 60s this morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show. 10 till the hour. Bob, Pittsburgh Steelers plane made an emergency landing this morning. Did you see that story? What? Uh, after leaving the Las Vegas Raiders game in Vegas, the Steelers had to make an emergency landing in Kansas City. Um, CBS News says um, the uh, charter flight, an Airbus A33900, landed in Kansas City this morning at 5 o'clock, an oil pressure failure in one of the plane's engines. Hey, hey, want to hear that. So uh, everyone is said to be safe. Uh, just a little piece of information, though. The Steelers plane had to make an emergency landing. Something you never really want to hear about, right? No, no, that's... Uh... Very unfortunate, but I'm glad everything worked out. Yeah, you never never want someone to, uh, you know, be uh, attention, please. Emergency landing. We've lost oil pressure. You don't want to hear that. He's, I, having just flown on several flights, I just speak for myself. You, you never ever want to hear that. And you're hoping, and maybe with a real quick prayer, that the pilot isn't a Cleveland Browns fan. Howard. <laughs> That's exactly right. We talked about calling the deer herd, killing it, but calling the deer herd in the last hour of the show. All right, this is pretty funny. I don't normally read these goofy ones. How do they call deer? Here, deer. Here, deer. On dancer, on prancer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was actually pretty good. I don't. Sometimes these goofy ones, I don't really uh, worry. I don't really read them, but I, I, I kind of like that one. Uh, deer, ris- deer whisperer Howard. I wonder, do they listen to you or do they listen to the Pine Room Boys? I, the deer, I guess he's talking about. Are they uh, pro-deer? They don't want to see the deer harmed? I don't know. I talk to the deer all the time. As I said, my grandson gets a little upset. Granddad, he, they don't. I call him by name, and I tell him, I tell my grand. I said, they know me. They do not know. How would they know your name? And I would, you know, he said, and if they were to know you, you wouldn't be granddad. You would be Howard. How, they don't, those deer don't know your name. Another thing, Howard, I've been going up for a long, long time. I mean, maybe once in a blue moon you would see maybe a little wind would be kind of frisky come over to the cars. But, I mean, again, even the bucks now. No, they're, 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 they're just tame deer. They're super tame. And they, you know, and uh, you're right. The, the park says do not feed the deer. But people do. And it's, you know, it's one thing if they come to the car and you hand out, you, know, you got, you know, some snacks in there. I, I Just this last week I saw a whole family. That literally had gone up, parked their car, gotten out. They had like a deer picnic. They had just, they were just ca- calling, not calling, but calling the deer over with this all, all the food they could eat. So, and they're just as as um, docile as can be most of the time. One year, it was a bad winter. Uh, I was probably still in my 30s, maybe early 40s. Uh, the deer on Peter's Run would come off the hillside and uh, would come eat out of your hand. No, the bucks would, and the bucks are going to stay up in the in the woods, but uh, that's how bad a winter it was. How these these were wild deer, but they would come. They were so hungry that they just had to pretty much trust you. I don't know that uh, I've had any bucks come over to the window, but they are they are clearly the bucks used to be in the background far away, and they're they're just right with the herd now up at Ogilvy. You see them, they're all over the park, but especially right there off the Schrader Center where that old uh, observatory was, that big field there. They're just they just live there. And again, I I know this because I paid attention. Uh, I have seen some very sick deer up there. And the other thing that you 
that you don't want to happen. That disease, sickness goes right through the herd, and now they're yeah. all dead. Now, yeah. now there's no more deer left up there. I wonder, do they? It's a question. It's not. Do they? Do they have someone who goes and checks the deer? I bet they do. I mean, someone knows what they're talking about. We'll look and check the herd to see for disease, see for signs like that. I would say yes, probably. I, I would think they would. I would think they should. How many people around? I mean, I've never really heard where the general public is in danger if, if something was going through the herd. I would suggest that. No. But I remember one time uh, they were they were saying, uh, "Don't eat the deer. You know, don't take a chance." Well, again, I will not say all the time. I do not mean that they're all looking terrible, but there are some. That just look, and it tends to run in cycles almost. There are some that look so emaciated and so thin and so mangy. Uh, not all the time. I'm not saying it's you know, but sometimes they just look terrible. Um, anyway, I, I I suspect that the call will continue no matter what uh, folks say, and it probably again, I, you know, I who wants to kill Bambi, right? But it's probably necessary. Seven till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Get 11% off everything now at Menards. When it comes to protecting the home, your roof is the first line of defense. Owens Corning Shingles are the number one brand trusted by contractors. Choose from over 50 styles and get ultimate protection with a limited lifetime warranty and up to 130 miles per hour wind warranty. Right now, all Owens Corning Shingles are 11% off. Good through October 1st, savings are mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Save big money at we know you work hard every day. How about a change of pace in your normal routine? Let Jill's Gentleman's Club take you away from the reality of the real world for a few hours. Stop by after work or on the weekend and let the gorgeous dancers at Jill's strip away your troubles and worries. There's no better way to relax than sipping on a cold beverage while enjoying the stage show of one of the many house dancers at Jill's. And Jill's is the perfect place for that bachelor or divorce party. For a great read, check out Jill's blogs on jillsatclassact.com. Like us on Facebook, too. Located on by 70 exit 11 Dallas Pike. Tune in Mondays at noon for all your local high school sports news. From the number one sports editor in the Ohio Valley, the Seth Stasky Show, sponsored by Gumby's. Only Why? on the Watchdog. Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at steelusa.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. Information, interviews, debates, and discussion, plus an occasional rant with Bob Slider behind the board. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. I let my Rio Stack Auction Service text line 304-214-1600. Okay, Howard, you didn't have the guts to talk to the symphony guy about security. What's well, not his job, is it? Well, I'm <laughs> going to be honest with you. I was all up in arms about this at 710 this morning. And then by the time I heard from, well, everybody, <laughs> 
I realize, I guess maybe I'm wrong, all right? Maybe there is a need for security there. Maybe I was just unusually grumpy. It's not Maestro's fault. It, well, it's not his fault to begin with. But, I, you know, I, originally I was going to you know, suck him into the conversation. And I thought, you know, I, no, I'm just not. So you can, whatever you – I don't have guts, this person says. I, I just – I chose not to. I chose to just, just uh, let it go. Somebody else reminded me, he said, you know, Howard, problems can arise of any kind. You need security everywhere. And they reminded me of what happened at the church I preach at this weekend, Dillonvale Church that I preach at, the Dillonvale Presbyterian Church. Pulled up into the parking lot this morning, uh, yesterday morning, and the congregation was uh, all out cleaning things up. The church had been vandalized over the weekend. Someone had broken the front glass door. Someone had broken through the uh, side uh, wooden door. To the best of everybody's knowledge, nobody took anything, but somebody, somebody's broke into the church. You know, I, I, you ask yourself, why'd you do that? Yeah, I mean, really, yes, exactly. Small little church in a rural community like Dillonvale. It's not like there's going to be a, I don't know what, you know, a, a giant. Uh, the collections are probably, I don't know what the collections are, I, but, you know, I, we do pass the plate when I'm there. I don't see $100 bills in there, you know, and I, they're probably not there on Saturdays anyway. But, you know, what do you think you're getting? What is the, what, why do you break into a church? Why, why do you do that? And I, I assume the answer is for kicks. I mean, what do you think, just for kicks? Well, again, I'm going to maybe speculate, maybe younger folk that didn't think too much about it. But, yeah, first of all, you would think that anything associated with a church of any denomination, you're going to leave alone. Yeah, <laughs> Unless they well, had a bad experience, or Howard. Well, you, didn't, you didn't make anybody mad, did you, with your sermon? I, I don't think so, no. <laughs> yeah, I didn't hear anybody wandering the street going, is this where Monroe preaches? <laughs> I'm a listener through the week. Where's Monroe? <laughs> Let's do this. Um uh, the congregation was really good. You know, they, they were out. They were, uh, and I think there may have been some inebriation involved, and I'll tell you why. Because somebody had um, thrown up outside the front door as well. So I'm suspecting they probably had been perhaps visiting a tavern or two. And But again, why would you pick on a church? Well, I mean, what what's there that you think you're going to get or find or do? At any rate. The congregation did a great job. They cleaned everything up, and they and they they dusted up all the broken glass. And uh, we had services. And then after I left, they were putting car uh, the the plywood on the door and trying to clean things up. And uh, I did lead prayer with these folks. We prayed for the we, we prayed for the ones who broke in. We maybe. forgive you, but don't do it again. That's kind of that. It's kind of the way. It's kind of, kind of the way it was. All right, it's nine o'clock here on the Watchdog Morning Show. On uh, ABC is up next, and then Bob Nay and I will talk about the federal government shutdown possibility. FM 98.1, AM 1600, WKKX Wheeling, FM 97.7, AM 1370, WVLY Moundsville.